Yeah, thank you. Thank you for not staying in your lane. He's doing things that are uncomfortable, which is great. We appreciate that so much. Uh, you know, this is uh, next week, the beginning of a new year. And uh, we need to be thinking about our uh, New Year's resolutions. Uh, how many of you have done New Year's resolutions? Raise your hand if you've done that. Okay. Uh, I wonder, you know, if you're doing it for next year. Uh, I was reading, I, I shared that with my class this morning. One of the New Year's resolutions last year for a guy on the internet was, my resolution is to lose 10 pounds. And then in March he put the results, he says, my resolution was to lose 10 pounds, only 15 to go. Sometimes that's what happens to New Year's resolutions. Here's a resolution we need to make this morning. Karen has made these, uh, these sheets out for us to read the Bible together. And this congregation, we need to get involved in reading the Bible every day. So raise your hand. Our ushers back there will grab some of those schedules back there on the back shelf and pass those out. Some of you already have them, and uh, they're going to pass those out so you can have a schedule to read through the Bible this year together. And they're back there on the back shelf if you don't get one this morning uh, during our lesson. Also, this morning, uh, it's so important to spend time in the Bible. Uh, Randy Koss gave all the leadership a book on leadership. And one of the issues I love in that book is on page 16 where they, he talks about the idea that the apostles appeared before the Pharisees. And the Pharisees said, you know, these are unlearned men. Where did they get all this knowledge and wisdom? And the Bible says they remembered that they had spent time with Jesus. And I wonder how many of us spend enough time with Jesus. This is the way to do it right here. Read through these schedules every day. Spend time in his word. Read scripture. If you fall behind, that's okay. You can either catch up or just stay where you're at. But you're going to be blessed by spending time with Jesus every day. So make sure you get one of these schedules. Tyler's passing them out now. And also, we have an outline for this morning's lesson. Please raise your hand if you need an outline. You didn't get an outline back there. Ron has some outlines back there. He's going to pass out so you can stay up with our lesson this morning. And uh, raise your hand back there, and we'll get you one of these outlines. You know, our, our lesson is interesting because we spent so much time talking about this issue of the Lord. And uh, I wanted to ask you a question this morning. How many of you have ever heard of Whitney... Wheeler. Anybody ever heard of Whitney Wheeler? When I tell you her story, you're going to remember her. Uh, 14 years ago, she was in an accident. And uh, <clears throat> she ended up in the hospital in a coma. And her girlfriend was riding next to her. And, and they, they buried her girlfriend, thinking that was Wendy. So Wendy's parents went to... Laura's funeral and buried the wrong body. And a lot of you don't know that story about mistaken identity. But I want to catch you up with that. Jim? In Michigan, had thought that I had passed away. And um, they had a funeral for me.
due to technical difficulties. <laughs> okay, nightmare time. Uh, I want to tell you the story about Whitney. She was, uh, here's a picture of her. Tony got us tickets to the Downriver Prayer Breakfast last week, and she spoke to us for about 45 minutes and told her story. Uh, you know, after being on all these Today Show and all the shows on TV, she's a very shy person. But in 2006, her and a group of young people were traveling down the highway, just leaving Taylor University, and a semi came across the medium and ran into their van, totaled their van, killed everybody except Whitney. Um, but when the EMTs put her body on a gurney, they put the wrong wallet. And so she got Laura's wallet, and Laura got Whitney's wallet. So they, they went ahead and buried Laura, but Whitney's family buried Laura. And Laura's family spent a whole month in the hospital with Whitney. Her face was so swollen they couldn't recognize her. And they weren't able to do uh, the dental test until about a month later, and they discovered they buried the wrong girl. Whitney and Laura looked a lot alike. I wish the picture was up there of, of them, but I can, I can scroll through this so you can learn the identity of Whitney and what she went through. Her spiritual story was amazing, wasn't it, Lewis? And Tony, it was just amazing to see the things that she went through and finding her way to the Lord because, as she tells us, she wasn't a very spiritual girl when she was at college. And so it changed her life. I want you to follow along, though, in your, in your outline because there's a lot of things that she brought up that we need to know about her spiritual journey to see what our spiritual journey. So I want to ask you, have you ever been misidentified? Some people have. Uh, we were coming across the Ambassador Bridge several years ago, Fran and I, and they said, you're going to have to go into that, that office over there. So they took us into an office because Fran and I look a lot like terrorists, you know. <laughs> but uh, we were in that office and they, <laughs> they, were, they were talking to us and questioning us. And uh, I don't know if we still look like terrorists, but uh, they were interviewing us and we were misidentified. They were looking for somebody different. Thank the Lord. Uh, but it's scary when you're misidentified. Let me tell you, you can lose your identity. It can happen to any of us. So that's the question. April 26, 2006, that's when the accident happened with Whitney. And she was put on the wrong, or the right gurney, but they put the wrong wallet next to her. They put Laura's there. And so Whitney became Laura. And so for a whole month, she's in the hospital, in a coma. And her family is, is grieving her because they buried Laura, but they thought it was Whitney. What a sad story. So over one month, the Van Ryan family took care of Whitney. And Whitney has a wonderful relationship with the Van Ryan family. They took care of her. They stroked her. They talked to her. They fed her when she was in the coma. And uh, she woke up one month later not knowing what happened. In fact, she didn't have really control of her faculties. Whitney felt heartbroken and confused. She didn't understand what happened. She didn't understand what happened in the accident. She didn't understand what happened in the hospital. She didn't know what happened to Laura and the rest of her fellow students that died in the crash. 
But all those horrible things happened to her that month. As a freshman at Taylor College, she was not spiritual. She said, I didn't attend worship. I didn't pray. I didn't carry my Bible. I didn't read my Bible, even though a lot of students did. She just didn't have time for spiritual things when she was in college. But let me tell you, this changed her life, didn't it, Tony? Whitney felt, why did I live? Why did I live and all my fellow students, they died. They won't be able to enjoy an education and a, a family and being with their relatives during Christmas. What are they going to do? What's her family going to do? So she was very confused and not understanding. But God uses small things. This is what Whitney said. God uses small things. He used little David to kill Goliath. He used a little teenager named Mary to have Jesus. He always uses little things. And maybe there's something in store for me, Whitney thought. She said, my power is made strong in weakness. She quoted 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Because Paul said that. My power is made strong in weakness. There's sometimes when you're weak that you really can become strong. And even though, even, even though Whitney was tiny and quiet and she couldn't speak very well. She said, I just, I wasn't cut out for this. I'm not supposed to speak to a thousand people. I'm not to spo supposed to speak in large arenas. But that's what she was doing because she knew she had a message that people needed to hear. They needed to hear her spiritual journey. Whitney was just a small, shy, shy girl on today's show in Good Morning America, but she knew that she had to speak up and she tried her best to speak up and to give her story and to tell us about her journey. Every one of us is on a journey. We are. You're sitting here this morning on a journey. I don't know what your journey is. I don't know where you're at on that journey, but you're on a journey. And Whitney said, I realized later on that I was on a journey. And she learned a lot on that journey. The problem is a lot of people go through life not learning the lessons that God wants them to learn. Not understanding that he has a plan for you. He wants you to do something. He has a set way for you to live. And we, we put it behind us and don't realize that he has plans for us. Let's never forget that God has a plan for every person. He's concerned about your life. And he wants you to make the right decisions. The right decisions that Whitney finally realized she needed to make. People prayed and prayed all over the country, and the doctor said she'd be a vegetable, but her family kept saying, no, no, she's not going to be a vegetable. And eventually she was able to wake up and eventually talk a little bit and to reason a little bit, and eventually they got her up and she was able to take her first steps, and she was able to function a little bit in the hospital. The sad part is it takes so long. You know, we take our walking for granted, don't we? We take our health for granted. And she said, I realized that I was truly blessed just to be alive. And she wanted to make it through life. So the doctors and the occupational therapists, they all worked with her and tried to get her to work, even though they knew she was going to be a vegetable. And she said, I was determined I'm not going to be a vegetable. I'm going to function. And so people prayed all over the country. In fact, there were prayers all over the country. And she even quoted Acts 2.42. 
They continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayers. She said, I had prayers lifted up all across this country for my health. And she says, I know that's why I made it, because people were praying for me. She needed it and appreciated it so much. Do you realize what prayer means to people when they ask us to pray for them? It's an honor, isn't it? Don't forget to pray for people, especially when they ask for it. She said those prayers lifted her up, gave her spirit, gave her the kind of fortitude that she could carry on, that she could do it, that she could get better. And so the test that she took, first of all, she couldn't pass. They said she couldn't even pass it. She, didn't, she wasn't able to function mentally. The second test, she had a second grade mentality. The third test, a year later, she had an eighth grade level. And eventually, she went on to finish high school, return to college, finish her degree at Taylor University. But that's because she had that fortitude to carry on, knowing people were praying for her. What a journey. What, what a life she had because of this accident. The horrible thing that happened in her life, but she knew it was something that was going to change her, something that would make her life better and fuller. And you can see it in the things she did from that point on. Our problem, she said, my problem was I was missing a piece of my ear. But the comb over filled it in. <laughs> she said, it covers all. It hides all. And that's all she had was a little piece of her ear that was missing. And she said, who am I to enjoy life when all of my fellow students are dead? It changed her life. Everything became sweeter. The air that she breathed, the relationships she had, her family, all of the things that she was able to enjoy, she realized God has given me so much to be thankful for, even though I went through this horrible, horrible accident. It's truly amazing to stand next to her and get your picture taken with her because she was amazing. She really was. Now she lives in Traverse City with her family, with two children and her husband. But she really, really, I think, exemplifies what a Christian needs to do on their journey to the Lord. Because she knew she needed the Lord and needed to be baptized. Whitney's accident caused her to see spiritually. That was a valuable lesson for her. She said, now I realize God was opening my eyes. There are so many people out there that need to have their eyes open. That's why the Lord healed so many blind people, because his apostles needed to have their eyes open. And they didn't. Oh, they could see, but spiritually they couldn't see. And that's why God healed so many blind people. He wanted his apostles to wake up and see spiritually. I'm convinced there are people in our audience this morning that have their eyes shut. You're blind. You're not seeing spiritual things. You're not praying. You're not spending time in God's word. You're spiritually blind. Whitney said, I needed to get my eyesight back. And this accident brought that eyesight back to her. How many of us have spent so much time in our lives centered on things that we don't need to center on when God wants us to look in this direction? 
He wants us to wake up. He wants us to focus on the right things. Hebrews chapter 12, focus your eyes on Jesus. Matthew chapter 17, Peter, James, and John went up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, Mount Nebo. We were there four times. And I'm telling you, it's a majestic scene, but not half as majestic as seeing Jesus and seeing Elijah and seeing a Moses on the top of Mount Nebo. And what did God say? When they wanted to build tabernacles to Elijah and Moses and Jesus, God said, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. That's who God wanted them to focus on. Not Moses, not Elijah. I want you to focus on Jesus. And that's exactly what Whitney had to do. She moved to Kenya as a missionary for six years. And she quoted this verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. Set your mind on things above. She said, I was looking at all the things down here. I was looking at my career. I was looking at my degree from the college. I was looking at my friends. He said, she said, but then I learned when I was in Kenya. Set your mind on things above. That's what Paul told the church in Corinth to do. Don't be centered so much here on earth and look at all the things that are around us because if we do that, we'll become unfocused and we won't see God. She said, I realized in the mission field, after six years, God was preparing me for something. And I was growing and I was learning and I was praying. Those things brought her closer and closer to the Lord. And in Kenya, she said, I learned that God was real, and I found out what my identity was. And she quoted from 1 John, that my identity is in Christ. I might have an identity in other places. I might have lost my identity. It was in the hospital, and my parents went to what they thought was my funeral, but now I know my identity is in Christ. I'm not Whitney. I'm a Christian. That's what she said. What a spiritual journey. What a, what a realization. It doesn't matter what your name is. It matters that your identity is in Christ. I had a friend in Ohio. He died last year from COVID. Uh, Ray was a close, close friend. And he owned gas stations, and he was a great mechanic. One thing I really loved about Ray, every time I took my car into the garage for service, <clears throat> Do you know what he had sitting on his tool chest? His Bible. Ray said, I'm a Christian mechanic. <laughs> I'm not just a mechanic. And what a great example he was to me. You know, we all need to be Christian mechanics, Christian lawyers, Christian nurses. Don't think of yourself just in your vocation. But Jesus comes first. Let's remember that. I'll never forget watching his funeral. Over 46 tow trucks showed up for his funeral from garages all over Ohio, from Finley, Ohio, up to Toledo, Ohio. All these mechanics came to Ray's funeral. because He was a great example of a Christian mechanic. That's what God wants for us. That's what Whitney realized. I'm not just a student. I'm not just a nurse, I'm a Christian nurse. And that's what she exemplified in her life. Let's all strive to be Christians first and know that our identity from 1 John is in Christ. 
And she said, I needed to give God control of my life. She learned that. She said, I finally opened up my life to say, you know, there's a message that I have. Maybe more people need to hear it. Even though she said, I didn't want to do it. I really didn't want to speak. I didn't want to get up in front of people. And getting up on, I imagine there were 600 there last week, weren't there? Uh, maybe uh, the year before COVID, I think there was 1,000. But, but there were so many people there. And she got up and spoke with this little mousy voice. And she said, I don't want to be here, but I have a message for all of you. What an inspiration Whitney was. She wrote a book thinking, if I write a book, I won't have to speak anymore. That's what she thought. If I just get this book out on the market, then I won't have to go anyplace to speak. But more and more people wanted to hear her. More and more people wanted to meet her. And so she reluctantly said, okay, I'll come. She didn't even want to come to the prayer breakfast to speak. But she did. She got up there and spoke. And her message was really powerful. She said, now I trust God in everything. If he has something for me to do, I'll do it. I don't care what it is. What an example for us. God asks us to do something, do it. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Make sure you're making the commitment that God wants you to make, not what you want to make. That's what she learned. She learned through this horrible accident, finally trusting God in everything. You know, it's easy to feel comfortable not doing anything. She said, I was living a comfortable life. I got married. I had kids. I'm living in Traverse City. We have a great home. But you know what? I'm too comfortable. I need to do some things for God that I'm not comfortable with. And you might be asked to do something that you're not comfortable with. Go ahead and do it. Do it for the Lord. Realizing he expects you to stand up and do something. One of the biggest tragedies, I think, that's happening all through this land in many homes is we have a lot of males, a lot of men that aren't leading their families. They're supposed to be the spiritual leader. They're not leading their families spiritually. It's your job, man. I was talking to a man uh, last year. I had a Bible study with him. He said, I just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pray, but I just can't pray at the dinner table. And I said, why not? And he said, because it's embarrassing. And I said, get over it. <laughs> Don't worry about being embarrassed. You're the spiritual leader of your home. You need to step up. Lead prayer. Tell your children who Jesus is. Make sure they're at worship. Be the spiritual leader that God wants. Even if it's uncomfortable, do it. Talk to your children, your grandchildren, about the Lord. Tell them what the Lord's done for you. Get over your embarrassment. Get over being uncomfortable. Do something uncomfortable. That's what the Lord wants us to do. Do something you don't want to do, but you know you should do it. Whitney said, I needed to be uncomfortable, and I did what the Lord asked me to do. She quoted from Revelation 3. I know your deeds, the church in Ephesus. I know your deeds. And that's what John, Jesus through John, when he wrote that, is saying, wake up, church. I know what you're doing and what you're not doing. And that's what he's saying to the church in Lincoln Park in 2021 as we go into 2022. I know your deeds. I know what kind of a church you are. Wake up. Do what the Lord wants you to do. That's the key. You know what? I, I wanted to 
end this by talking for just a moment in closing about your uncomfortable nature. Because Ananias said to, to Saul in Acts chapter 22, verse 16, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. And he's asking that question this morning. What are you waiting for? Is there someone here this morning who has never put on Christ? You need to. Listen, I hope it doesn't take an accident like Whitney experienced on that freeway. I hope it doesn't come to that. In fact, I would rather you wouldn't leave this building without being baptized this morning. It's time. And now it's your move. Let's stand together and sing.